Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Suresh here and I'm joined by my colleague Slava. Hey everyone. So today we're going to be taking another creative step in our podcasting careers and we're recording an episode without any guests. So you'll be hearing us two essentially speaking today. So this one actually hits close to home for a lot of the people who are either looking for a job right now or might be transitioning to another job and looking to do some interviewing. So we're gonna. This is gonna be a bit of a job acquisition series that we're gonna have a couple episodes on this. And what we're gonna be doing, we're gonna be essentially talking about our experience going through this whole process and some of the valuable information, insight that we've gained throughout this whole process. And you know, we just went through this as new physio resident grads, and we really wanted to share all the things that we learned with you guys. So stay tuned for all the episodes, uh, about three episodes or four episodes we're going to be uh, putting out. We're going to be talking to you guys today about finding the right clinic and uh, essentially kind of approaching that clinic. And then we're going to be talking to you guys about a little bit about preparing for the interview, and then the negotiations, and then essentially kind of the first month of the job. So stay tuned for those. But without further ado, let's get down to business. Definitely. Great introduction, Sarush. So the first thing to remember is that you will spend the majority of your waking hours of your lifetime at work. If you take an average of 40-hour work weeks at five days a week or so, you will approximately spend 11 years of your lifetime, of your waking lifetime, working. So, Sarush, I wanted to ask, uh, what would be the most important factor when selecting a job for you as a new grad physio? So the first thing that I always look at when I'm doing a job search or when I'm looking at clinics or um, anytime I see a clinic uh, at all is I see everything on the surface, right? Which is natural thing that would happen when you're looking, you all, all you see is what's on the website and what's um, available to you online. Uh, you haven't met the people yet, right? So the brand of the company and essentially what you can see in terms of their partnerships, I think that's one of the first things that um, I also look for in, in these clinics. So, you know, when I click on the job posting or go on the website, I'm looking through that website and I'm learning more about their brand, right? And, and this is, I think, an important step because I think that to be able to be a part of a good team, right? You have to understand what their brand is and you have to understand how reputable that brand is. And I think that that will also help you in terms of your career. Now, the partnership is another thing that I just mentioned. Uh, sometimes a lot of the uh, websites for different clinics, now let's say if they're a sport clinic or if they're a certain uh, specialized clinic, they have a section where they have these partnerships set up. So um, there was one clinic I think I saw that they had, you know, um, they had a few soccer teams, uh, professional soccer teams that were their partners. There was a few uh, I saw with uh, hockey teams, right? So let's say, for example, you know, I want to be involved with soccer players. That's one thing that would uh, you know intrigue me to look more into what the company does and because of the their beautiful brand their great brand and their partnerships right so how about yourself what's what's one of the first things that you decide that would be most important to you before going ahead and actually giving an application for that job well the one thing I look for is um, most of the websites of the clinics they list uh, their core values these days so I feel like you and I, you and I both discussed this in terms of 
the importance of alignment of your values with the clinic values or the workplace values, right? Mm -hmm. Because that will make sure that you, everybody's moving in the right direction and doing the work um, for the right reasons, right? For the right purpose and for the right core values. So that's what I look for. Um, The top five things that uh, the clinic values, be it education, be it passion for great patient service, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those values that you Mm -hmm. try to align. One of the biggest things I personally look for is Mm self-development. I want to make sure that the clinic enables me to develop uh, my skills in the way that I want them to be developed over the time, right? Mm -hmm. So we um, have the knack for business. We have that interest. So every... um, company I've interviewed at so far, I always make that clear that I want to be involved in the business side of things and I want to learn more about business and I look for clinics that will allow me to do that and obviously advance my clinical skills as well. So those are some of the things that I value a lot Um, and yeah, so yeah, you made a a good point. I mean, in terms of the values, right? It's, a, it's one thing that at least that's this is that internal connection with the mm-hmm. clinic, right? You can, again, you know, a lot of clinics will be looking for clinicians. So physiotherapy is a, is a service we're providing, right, to the individual. So mm-hmm. that's a given, right? You're going there to be a clinician for sure. But internally, if you're not feeling connected to that clinic at the same time, there's a little bit of an internal conflict, I feel like, sometimes, right? You know, if you're not fully invested, right? Whether it's, you know, like you said, whether it's uh, it's one of the things they value, whether it's an expansion plan that they might have and you feel more deeply uh, connected to that company because you want to be a part of that expansion or whether maybe it's a value of a certain type of care that they provide. Maybe, you know, they're doing a, they're doing something a certain way, right? Because there's a lot of different ways you can provide physiotherapy for individuals, right? So I think that's a really important point, um, in terms of, um, you know, internally connecting with them, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking about internally connecting, um, remember we listened to that talk by Simon Sinek, yeah. um, Start With The Why, and he talks about that gut feeling after you leave a job interview or exactly. after you do something, which is if you connect on a deeper level of purpose and those core values, you will have mm-hmm. that positive gut feeling. Absolutely. Or as if something offsets you, you will have a negative one, right? So it's definitely important to have that positive gut feeling uh, going into the interview and after you finish the interview process as well. Right, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sarush, is uh, convenience a factor for you at all when picking uh, the clinic? Absolutely. I mean, that this is also an, a very important one, right? So when you look at a clinic and you're looking for a job, right? You're not looking for a job for one month. You're not looking for a job for two months. You're looking mm-hmm. for a job for you know, hopefully a long period of time, right? Because it's 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 you, sometimes you might move jobs and that's okay, but if you know, if you go with the mindset of I only want to be at a job from one month, that's obviously not the right mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to go in with kind of the long term thinking a little yes. bit, right? Mm-hmm. So the convenience is definitely a huge factor. Now, since I've actually moved uh, out of downtown, you know, going downtown for me personally now, it takes me an hour and 15 minutes with no traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So that's already a huge factor, right? So if I were to get a job downtown, you know, I would highly consider a job downtown if it was like a job that I really wanted. But again, the convenience is a factor within this whole thing, right? The way kind of we can think about getting jobs 
is it's like a point system a little bit too right for each of these categories they get a certain amount of points right let's say a maximum of five points right for the brand the beautiful brand you love the brand you love their partnerships five out of five next is alignment right so then you can tally the total score and then do that for each clinic right mm-hmm. so this way you have a more of an objective way of thinking um, and so if convenience isn't the best for you, maybe it's a little bit far, but every other thing checks off, then obviously that's, you know, it's a clinic that you could probably go to, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, then I also have, you know, access to a car right now, right? But what if that changes down the line? Do I want to maybe plan for something that maybe I won't have an ac- access to a car? Do I want something that's uh, easily accessible by subway, right? Because mm-hmm. I know yourself, right? You, you, you take the subway and yes. you know, for you, that's also a huge um huge component right Mm -hmm. for sure um i read a book recently listened to an audiobook called own your day own your life Mm -hmm. and um what he talks about is in terms of uh owning your day ideally your commute is not too long um and ideally you're able to either walk to work or bike to work but Mm -hmm. since toronto is laid out very flat (laughs) it's difficult (laughs) to walk somewhere uh biking is still an option but i try to pick Uh, I would try to pick my workplace very close to where I live so that it's uh, available within 30 Mm -hmm. to 40 minutes of not a car ride. So Mm -hmm. of a subway ride or a TTC transportation. And that way you're able to listen to audiobooks and self-develop on the subway. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't take the commute doesn't drain you because if the commute drains you even before you're coming into work, right, you're not able to provide as much value to the patients. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you're done. You want to, uh, get get into the flow of your day after your work as well and if the commute is too long on the way back you just get too tired and you're not mm-hmm. able to be as productive at home as well yeah definitely i think that uh, the convenience is an important factor but sometimes you might not even get to make that decision because again availability of jobs not like everyone is offering a job at the same time right yeah. <laughs> so there's going to be some clinics that aren't going to offer job, but again there's always you know you maybe at one point that job is so amazing that in, in two three years you might even move closer to the job then it you know works out that way you know if For you're sure. looking to buy a home or looking to rent or, or whatever it might be in your future right mm-hmm. so you know obviously what we're saying here you got to take that with a grain of salt right because mm-hmm. you're not it's not that you get all the options and you're like oh no i want this this clinic down the street from my house where i can walk <laughs> three minutes to right sometimes yeah. that option isn't there but that's why that point system would work out a little bit well right because you know then you if the commute is long as, as much as it might be tiring you know after a long like six months long year or something mm-hmm. you could do a lot of things during a commute right like for, sure. you know, for me driving i listen to audiobooks and i know you do audiobooks you, you might read a book you know while you're i can't i can't read books while i'm driving unfortunately so <laughs> <laughs> so i have to listen to audiobooks um but like that could be an option right i have a kindle that i would use on the subway back when i was um using the subway mm-hmm. long time <laughs> back in the day back in the 60s <laughs> um yeah yeah um <laughs> it was a privileged moment right there. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's definitely um, an important setup. So mm-hmm. now the one other thing that you always get sometimes, well, not always. I mean, sometimes you get to see online if you go through certain job postings like Indeed or you know uh, Monster.ca or Workopolis, whatever it is. Um, they do have um, some of the compensation structure and, and kind of their clients and their partnerships etc right so talk to me a little bit about that so what do you look for when you go into uh, the clinic or and when you've seen the clinic and and you ask them about how you're getting paid 
Mm-hmm. So definitely the first three things we talked about, the branding of the company, alignment of values and convenience were even before you enter the clinic, right? How do you select the right one? Now we're moving on. We've uh, contacted the person, we've entered the clinic, we've arranged for the interview. So in terms of the compensation structure, personally, uh, we found that a good amount of clinics are switching to a fee split model now, right? Mm -hmm. Where you get a percentage of each patient and there are certain considerations taken into that. Personally, um, I would prefer a fee split just because if you fully book up your schedule, you can make much more rather than on a on a salary job, right? Mm-hmm. Because a salary job, it um, it sets you to certain limits, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way it's done in the hospitals as well, where you get a certain amount of pay for your hour, and this is how it's going to stay for a while, right? Mm-hmm. I personally mm-hmm. would like to be on a more or less of a bonus structure. If I were on a salary, I would try to negotiate some bonuses mm-hmm. into the contract. Sure. If it's on a fee split, you kind of provide the bonuses yourself, right? If you're able to provide quality care and connect with the patients, Mm -hmm. you're able to book up your schedule faster and you're able to generate more income at a faster rate, right? Right. So that's already a bonus in itself. So those are kind of the things to look for, salary versus a fee split. Mm -hmm. And are you able to negotiate bonuses if you're on that salary? Mm -hmm. The second thing is you always have to look out for uh, protecting your uh, bus- uh, your physiotherapy license. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's I mean, you have to kind of trust the clinic, right? Because um, you have to trust that they're billing the right things with your billing number. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. there are some stories of uh, clinics not using your license uh, and your the, your license number. Um, as appropriately as it could be used so there's that level of trust as well right so mm-hmm. i mean that's the that's kind of goes to the business operations right? how, how are they bringing in the clients how are they making their kind of their money there and how mm-hmm. are they providing the surface uh, service um and what are they doing to get people to come in right those are all like important things that if you again internally also don't feel like that's something right for you your, your guts a lot of times is right right if you don't if it doesn't feel right and the way they're kind of explained to you how they bring clients in how they build clients Mm -hmm. then you have to also be careful of that right but that's again that's also another thing where at that point you would have already known more about the clinic you've met the people you trust the individuals there's a level of trust right Mm -hmm. so that's that's really that's really an important factor as well now um, i do agree with the the fee uh, fee split now I honestly think that it makes most sense for also a, a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. I think it makes most sense for them, right? Because you don't want uh, clinicians sitting there not bringing in clients, but also getting paid, right? Because it just right. doesn't make sense for the business, right? Mm-hmm. Which um, also the fee for their service kind of pushes the clinic the clinician to make sure that, you know, they're also doing their best to get the clients in as num- the number of times that they need to be coming in, right? And they don't just lose clients and they just leave after like three sessions, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is, they have, that's why, again, those metrics that clinic owners uh, kind of use the patient visit average and number of cancellations and all the stuff that we've even had on our kind of similar posts, those are also important, right? Mm-hmm. And you bring up a great point about you have to understand where the patients are coming from. Do you have to generate your own? new patients or does the clinic take that uh do that for you because that's 100 percent one last thing to worry about when uh, the clinic is able to bring in the patients for you whereas you have uh, and there's still a level of self-marketing that goes into right. um, maintaining those new assessments right mm-hmm. and uh, making sure they become your uh lifetime value patients mm-hmm. right but 
at the same time, if you do have to generate your own assessments, you have to worry about how you're going to do that. And that takes away from your focus from the patient care in a little bit, right? So you definitely would be in a more favorable position if the assessments are coming in regularly and you're able to retain those patients with your skills and your communication levels, right? Right. Um, if you look at the actual team, uh, do you care about the culture and the team dynamic at all? Yeah. So I think that's more of a rhetorical question for sure. Uh, I think everybody should definitely care about the team dynamic and the culture, right? Because especially if you're uh, spending a long time in a clinic, right? If you're not, if you just hate going into work and you hate coming out, like if you can't just wait to go home, internally there's already, again, something that's not fully right. So the culture is obviously an important component. Now, some clinics will have better cultures or stronger cultures uh, compared to others. It really depends what company it is, how many clinics they have, or how they're setting up their uh, their own onboarding process. How are they getting you to buy in, right? We know there's companies that have you know longer onboarding processes, like one to two months, whereas some have only like uh, onboarding process of a week, right? Mm-hmm. So again, really depends on how they even present that culture to you, right? And the team dynamics also important, right? If people like to work with each other, it makes the job you know, a lot more fun and enjoyable, right? Now, you know, I always like to tell people back when I used to work at the the movie theater and, you know, it was, um, obviously you're not getting paid them as much as like you could be. It was just like minimum wage, nothing crazy. Back when you're, you know, working summers and, and working through the year and stuff, it, it was a really fun environment. I enjoyed working with the, with my coworkers, right? As much, again, I wasn't making a ton of money there, but it was enjoyable to go in. I didn't leave feeling exhausted, right? And that's also coming from the culture and the team dynamic, right? If you have to just, if there's a lot of emotional energy or mental energy going to you just not wanting to be there and you just don't want to be around the people or you don't want to be in that environment, that's draining for you, right? You come out of that of that job every day feeling tired. You don't want to do anything. You don't feel motivated, right? Mm-hmm. But with that kind of culture and team dynamic, you get more motivated, you know, there's something to look forward to. You're like, I'm going to work with my team here and then I'm going to go home and do some, um, you know, maybe some team building stuff, you know, I'll come up with an idea. It just gets, gets, gets the juices flowing and gets you mm-hmm. uh, wanting to go in more often. That's just kind of how I view the culture and the dynamic and why it's kind of important. But in our next podcast, we'll also definitely talk a little bit about how we look at that as well. What are your thoughts on the uh, culture? Well, you and I are millennials, right? So (laughs) these days, um, people have that perception that millennials always need a purpose in order to do effective work and amazing Mm -hmm. work. And I can definitely agree with that because um, purpose really drives um, everything we do. Money at some point uh, could stop motivating you because there's never enough money, right? (laughs) You get to a certain uh, level of pay and then you always need more, right? Mm -hmm. And... um, that's unfortunately how our psychology works but when you take the purpose as that unifying uh measure of how you're working and what you're doing it always Mm -hmm. will drive you to uh, overcome greater barriers in order Mm -hmm. to achieve your goal right so the culture really fits into that purpose just because it enables the purpose to come to the surface right it's quality patient care it's making sure people recover to the best of their abilities and mm-hmm. uh, becoming functional, right? Yeah. It's very meaningful when uh, 
even certain physios post on Instagram, right? Those uh, little testimonials, those little emails, or I was able to run a marathon today, or I was able to play a full hockey game without pain. Like those are amazing things to hear and they continue to motivate you as a Mm -hmm. clinician, right? Exactly. Um, And I I do want to add one more thing about like the purpose thing, you know, not to go fully off a tangent, but (laughs) the, the purpose, like the way, you know, Full disclosure, for for a few weeks, I felt like I lost the purpose along the way. I was I got a little confused of what I, what do I want to look for in the clinic? What's my purpose within that setting? With that, what's my goal uh, with my career? Like I, I, for a week or so, I was lost. So I was doing a little bit of searching to see you know where I would end up with that, and I started to think purpose you know isn't something that's fixed, right? Mm-hmm. I would I think a purpose is something that's dynamic. So your what your purpose is kind of today might change a little bit in two years, right? In yeah. two, three years, right? So mm-hmm. you just have to be ready for that shift, right? And you always have to remember, like, when you think about what my purpose is in this clinic or in physiotherapy, it's not like it's your purpose for the next 20 years, 30 years, right? Some things mm-hmm. could change. Things always change, right? You can have long-term goals. That's that's all good. But you that internal feeling that you have, you know, your why, uh, which Simon Sinek talks about, a lot of times, you know, I've seen a lot of people post like, you know, when things get tough, just remember why you did it, right? Which mm-hmm. makes sense. That was your purpose at that moment, right? But after you achieve a certain milestone, your purpose might change a little bit. Like now, you know, you, your purpose is, let's say, I want to create the best clinic in the world and I want everybody to be happy, right? And in all my clients, you come in, you know, you make that happen in 10 years, amazing. You, you've nailed it, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you feel like you've connected to that. You, you're you're emotionally satisfied. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you start becoming more of like a philanthropist. You know, you keep going down that road. Then you're thinking... I want to impact more people, right? Then your purpose kind of changes a little bit. Then you start, for example, working with like massive charities and doing all these charity drives and all this stuff. So things change a little bit. That's what I was kind of thinking, which gave me a little bit of ease in my mind to when I was looking into uh, the clinics and what my purpose would be uh, and what what would be why I want to join that clinic, right? And what then you look at what their purpose is, right? Then there's the clinic's purpose, what what their why is, right? Then also kind of feeds into each other. For sure. And what you're referring to is as you have new experiences and new knowledge comes to light, right? Then you're adjusting your purpose a little bit, but the overarching uh, main, main purpose kind of tends to stay the same, right? You want to do your best work and... um, achieve and give back for other people right for sure and uh in terms of that purpose right one of the biggest defining figures in the team culture and the team dynamic is uh, a clinic director a clinic manager right 100 so when you and i were looking for jobs it's uh this is one of the key figures we were looking at how flexible is the clinic director the manager willing to be to enable you to do your best work right because if you're coming to uh to the clinic with new ideas and kind of new propositions and hypothetically mm-hmm. the manager shuts them down then uh, you don't feel as satisfied right mm-hmm. but when you're being enabled by the clinic manager then you feel like you're kind of contributing to the overall flow and direction of the clinic yeah which uh, to us 
being a little bit more business oriented is very important, right? Absolutely. You have to trust the captain of the ship if you're going to go on board, right? <laughs> you don't want that ship to hit a massive ice uh, ice rock and, and sink, you know, not, you know, I don't think that's happened yet, but <laughs> maybe yeah, a few I don't years ago. Anything. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> but no, that was uh, obviously not purposeful. But the, uh, the, the manager and the director that, you know, we've spoken to you can tell a lot about you know how they want to run their team right Mm -hmm. so you know and not all the time you know each clinic director or manager has a different leadership style right they have Mm -hmm. maybe like a where they let people lead from the inside or there's you know other people who want to take charge more you have to kind of understand how they also lead right and because once you get in, you're not gonna you're not going straight into the clinic director manager role, right? You're you're gonna be a clinician. You're gonna be working with the team, right? And so um, sometimes you have to understand what their goals are and what the clinic director, the manager's goal is, right? Because you know it's it's one thing that you know which we'll talk again about the uh, once we talk about the preparing for the interview. It's something that we also talk about with the manager what their goals are in five to ten years, right? Mm-hmm. That's an important thing, right? Because that will, again, tell you about how that ship is running, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and where it's headed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in this uh, podcast just in mm-hmm. terms of what to do for finding the right clinic. So prior to even going into the clinic, we talked about your on-surface research, right, about yeah. the brand of the company and its partnerships, um, the alignment of value of core values of the company and yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And lastly, the convenience. It's the location of um, of the clinic plus how you're able to get to it, right? For sure. And then we discussed the three other uh, components, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, you only find out once you go in for the interview and once you're already close to closing the deal, right? Which is understanding the business operations and where the patients are coming from plus the compensation structure, mm-hmm. the culture and team dynamic, and the captain of the ship, <laughs> the clinic director or manager. Exactly. And, and the one thing that you know I do want to kind of throw in there as a bonus is uh, I found it effective, at least from my end, on how to approach things, is a lot of people, you know, you have certain cover letters, right? You have a cover letter that's a bit of a template, right? A lot of people will just change names and such, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I personally haven't tried to do that too. It, it makes the job, it makes it a little bit longer in terms of applying for jobs. But I think mm-hmm. that if you actually kind of sit down, you have a template, which is, you know, you know where you want to talk about what. But if you really think about that clinic and then put your own thoughts relating it to the clinic into that cover letter, that'll, when the person's reading it, that'll come off a little bit more authentic, I think, mm-hmm. right? Rather than saying, you know, here are my strengths, here are my weaknesses. Here's why you need to hire me, <laughs> right? I think, the, yeah, obviously you should have some of those in there. You know, those are formalities. But at the same time, I think that um, that kind of approach is good. And another way I think we've also approached, uh, Slav and I, is actually, con- this is now, this is one that we found also to be pretty effective, was when you find a job posting on Indeed, what do most people do, right? They apply for the job right there. Mm-hmm. What we've done is essentially find out what the company is, go to the actual uh, website, call the clinic, see who's the owner, the manager, the hiring manager. On the phone, you ask them, hey, I saw your job posting. And I think that, you know, whether hopefully at that point, you're already interested in the job, obviously. 
you say, hey, you know, I love the brand. It sounds like, you know, you guys are doing some great things. I want to learn more about it. I want to come in. I want to send you guys my uh, my resume and my cover letter. What's the best email would you like me to send it to? Because I did see on ND, but I want to make sure that it reaches you the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people respond well to this, right? They, they That's initiative right there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're showing them that you actually want to be a part of that team. Mm-hmm. And you're, it shows that you're super serious, right? Because, you know, you can just rapid fire emails and rapid fire, uh, sorry, resumes and cover letters through Indeed and just keep, you know, hopefully one sticks, right? Or... What you can also do is actually go for it and, you know, put yourself out there a little bit, right? And that that really shows a lot of, from what I've experienced at least, shows that these kind of owners will appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that personal touch definitely goes the extra mile because some uh, some companies have the resumes forwarded to a very generic email mm-hmm. um, about the careers and you never know who you're actually addressing it to. The team at so-and-so clinic, right? It doesn't sound as personal as saying a specific name and uh, uh, tailoring the email to that. People love seeing their name um, on emails. People love hearing their name in person. So uh, finding out what the people's names are and having that personal touch is definitely um, one of the biggest things. And you don't always have to call in. Sometimes you can find that information online, but calling in definitely does show that initiative and Mm -hmm. it's showing the person that, you're willing to go the extra step and uh, that you really care about this job. Exactly. Alrighty. So that's all for our episode today. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, were able to enjoy this episode. This is coming a little bit from our own experience as well. And uh, we were really excited to get this one uh, on the road. If you have any other questions or um, if you're a physio student that's currently uh, finishing up or um, if you have any questions for Slav and I or Justin or even Tej, right? Because we've all gone through this job uh, search process. Uh, send us an email at info at ptbusinesscorner.com or contact us through one of the social media platforms. We'll be happy to uh, to kind of get in touch with you guys. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, join us for the next episode and we're going to be talking to you guys about preparing for an interview and some of the steps that we took to try to make sure that we're as successful as possible in our interviewing process. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day, guys. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.